What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, Curtis. And today, we got, uh, we're got we going to take the show in a little bit of a, di- of a different direction. Today. We've been promising this for a couple of weeks now. kind of had to, had to delay it, which is totally fine with us, considering the run we made in the college football playoff. But uh, we are finally going to get into a little college basketball talk today and look at where the Georgia Bulldogs are right here, kind of uh, still in the early-ish stages of conference play. I had a big win last night on the road in Baton Rouge against the LSU Tigers. So we'll kind of we'll kind of take a holistic view here, kind of look at where the team is right now, um, going going all the way back to uh, the non-conference slate as well, and then also dig into that win, which I think is a pretty big win. We'll get into that a little bit here, how big that win actually was on the road against LSU. But first, just a couple of quick reminders for all you guys out there, some of our newer listeners especially. You guys can uh, follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA. Love to hear your thoughts and everything going on. Love that interaction. Uh, you can also find us on a bunch of different platforms out there. Uh, obviously, the uh, primary one, pr- primary place I guess you could find us would be DogSportsRadio.com. Uh, you can also download the Dogsports Radio internet app straight to your smartphone to make it easy for you guys to access the show. Uh, but if you prefer iTunes, SoundCloud, you can also find us there and the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. And I uh, would definitely appreciate all of you tuning in each and every week here. And we appreciate sincerely all of you that have rated and reviewed the show already. But if you have not done so, if you get a chance, it'd be great. It'd really help us out if you could rate and review the show on your preferred platform, help share the word, uh, click the little share button on whatever platform you listen to. That would definitely help us out. We would appreciate your help there. All right, Kurt, let's go ahead and uh, let's let's start talking some basketball. I mean, I know, look, guys, I know a lot of you out there are, are all football all the time. And trust me, football is my deep abiding passion in this world. I love it um, just about more than anything else outside of my wife. Yes, it is what I love more than anything else in this world. Uh, but I'm also a huge college basketball fan, and I love talking this stuff as well. And some, if some of you aren't, that's totally cool. You certainly do not have to listen. We'd love for you to give it a shot, but you don't have to. But we know there are also a lot of you guys out there that just love Georgia sports in general, so we're definitely going to get into some basketball conversation here. Like I said on uh, the show earlier this week, we're never going to completely abandon football. That just can't happen. That's not in our DNA. So we'll have at least once a week we'll have a football show here during the offseason. Obviously, as we get closer to signing day, Spring practice, get, uh, get in the summer months when we're uh, doing the Scouting the Enemy series. We'll do, uh, we'll go more football heavy. But right now, got uh, basketball is kind of taking front and center here, I guess, as much as it ever does uh, in the Georgia fan base. But we're definitely getting some conversation here. So, Kurt, before we get into the LSU game last night, which I think was a pretty big win, like I said, I want to start with um, some more general conversation about this basketball team and kind of what you see the the future being the rest of this season. And I'm going to start with a pretty basic question, but I think it is the important question here. Curtis, is this 2017-2018 Georgia basketball team, is this a potential tournament team, NCAA tournament team? Not NIT, NCAA tournament team. Uh, Zero percent chance. Zero. No chance? Yeah, the lack of guard play is just the, the difference maker. We can't compete with any team that's of it, that's that's really good, in my opinion, because of our lack of guard play, the lack of creating shots, lack of three point shooting ability, just in general. I mean, right now our strength is down low, and teams know that they we can't we we don't uh, we don't make them fear us on the outside, so they just um, you know double team and. and they just crowd middle, and we try to. And it makes our best player, Yante Mayton. I don't. He's not ineffective, but it makes it much more difficult for him to be effective. Because he can't operate down low as consistently as he would like to, which is where he's kind of made his bones since he got here. Because as soon as he touches in the post, boom, he's double, triple team immediately. Because they have no respect for him on the perimeter, right? Exactly, and I mean that's 
the most trouble. I mean, and not only that, but then I have to say, one thing that's really frustrating me the most about our guard play is when our guys get open down low, they're too slow. Oh my God, they never see them. Either they don't see them or they just, they don't, they have no faith in their ability to execute a simple entry pass. And I don't know which one it is, but it's one of the two. Sometimes I think they'll see it, but they'll like, the one person that really frustrated me lots is Juwan Parker because he tries to do all these pump fakes and things instead of just getting rid of the ball. And there was a there was a play last night in that LSU game where Obede had cleared out the the the, the middle of the of the court there uh, in the post and he was one on one. The guy had, had great position down low, had he had feet in the paint. And all he had to do was execute a simple entry pass, and Parker looked directly at him, but decided to pass it around the horn, which is what we, that seems to be the core of our offense for whatever reason, just pass it around the horn. Fortunately, we were, he, Parker did eventually, the ball got back to him. He did hit a mid range jumper on that possession, or I, would, I might have killed him right there uh, by staring through the television. But it, it happens time and time again. It's him, it's Jackson, uh, it's Hightower now to a degree, it's Harris. Like they just don't want to execute entry passes. And in, in, in some cases, I, I, I kind of get their their hesita- hesitancy to do so because they're not good at it. Uh, how many times have you seen, not only have they not seen those guys and, and try to enter the ball in the post, but when they do try, it's it's like JV stuff out there. And it's a simple entry pass. It's like when you're in high school and you're watching, you, you watch the difference between the freshman team and the like, varsity team play yeah. on game day where they have freshmen to play first or something. That's really what I feel like when I watch our team play. I mean, if you watch anyone else on TV, it's like you're seeing their varsity and you we watch our team and it's a struggle to watch it. You feel like you're watching a freshman team play. Oh, you're exactly right. The, the, mis- the constant mistakes, uh, especially offensively, yeah, just... That, but also the lack of offensive, you know, creativity. Yeah, well, let me give you some numbers. Just weave around the top, really. Absolutely, and you 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 hit it spot on there. It's exactly where I was going to take this this question in terms of the guard play, the lack of guard play, just being abysmal. It's it's debilitating right now. It is absolutely debilitating to our team. Now we we got a huge one point road win. Uh, I don't know if you can call it huge at this point, but potentially it could be a big a big win down the road here against LSU last night on the road. But coming in the game, you have three straight losses to teams. Really, we should have beaten all those teams. Uh, South Carolina is not. I know they beat Kentucky last night, but South Carolina's they're okay at best. They held them pretty de- pretty below average. We, we, we held this is, and I tweeted this out after the game against South Carolina on Saturday. We held them to twenty seven percent field goal percentage in that game and still lost by seven percent. They shot twenty seven percent from the field. That's what we held them to, and we still lost at home. By seven points. I think I saw later in the day that was the second time this season that a Power 5 team has, or I guess you call them Power 5, or whatever, D1 team, has been held under 28% from the field and still won a game. And we are on that list. That gives you an idea of just how bad we are offensively right now. It is a train wreck of epic proportions since we've gotten to conference play. And it's never been good this season. But it wasn't as bad the non-conference portion of the schedule. We played some pretty good teams. And we beat St. Mary's. We went at Marquette. San Diego State's a good team that, that we lost to. But we, we, we put up a fight there. So we weren't terrible early on offensively. But as we've gotten to conference play, it's just devolved into an absolute nightmare offensively. I mean, to give you some numbers here to kind of illustrate what you were saying, Chris, about the guard play being terrible. Uh, and this is not just guard play, but all around. There's 351 teams in Division One college basketball right now. We are coming into last night's game. We were 337th in total field goals made. We're 247th in field goal percentage at 43. percent 
We were 329th in three-point baskets made. And this is now these next two are after last night. Now we moved up from 301 to 300th nationally in three-point percentage at 32.2%, and 174th nationally in free throw percentage at 71%. Those numbers, Curtis, I honestly, with those offensive numbers, how do we have a winning record? I mean, seriously. We almost lost the game yesterday single-handedly because of Tyshawn, or I don't know. Tyshawn, Tyshawn Hightower. His poor free throw shooting. And then the South Carolina game, no one can make a free throw. Hightower's what, one of six? Getting his first career star on the road? One of six from the line? Missed a pair of, uh, on on an intentional foul late in the game, missed a pair. Uh, That's just, whew, can't do that, man. And I know he's a young guy, but this is a guard that that he shoots free throws like Shaquille O'Neal. And this, I think that's the most frustrating thing. You know, I can understand if it was a, a you know a forward or something, but it's not the guard. It's just debilitating. And right, now, and I'll give Fox credit for this. He's trying to mix and match. You know, last night we came up with a new starting lineup. We basically had two point guards because Hightower's been the backup point guard for most of the season behind Turtle Jackson. So they both got to start the guard position, and then we benched. Uh, we benched. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Rayshon Hammonds, who's a very talented forward, freshman. Yeah, he's well, he's a four. He's he's a, he's he's a four. He plays the three. He's been playing the three fours. So we benched him in favor of Jawan Parker, and Parker played pretty well. I guess you know that's all relative. I mean, nine points, and he, he had a huge three. Hammonds, I feel like they just don't get him involved. This is the thing with Hammonds. He's not assertive enough. I think it goes on to Mark Fox's history of who he is, because especially when it comes to freshmen, if they make one mistake, he yanks them out. Yeah, and and he's I will say he's given Hammonds more leash than he has other freshmen in past years. More than he gave Harris last year. More than he gave definitely more than he gave Tyree Crump last year. Uh, more than he gave Obede in his freshman year. More than he gave Mayton in his freshman year. But the problem with Hammonds right now, and I think Hammonds is outside of Yonsei Mayton, he's he's our most athletically gifted and talented player. Would you agree with me there? Like in terms of just like the way he moves in the court, the skill set that he he has. But right now, there's a sense of hesitancy in his game. He's not nearly assertive. I don't think he understands where he fits in the offense right now. And and I think part of that also, and tell me if you disagree, I think part of that does come back on Mark Fox not trying to do things to get him involved, not setting up plays. When we run plays, like especially earlier in the season when we were running plays. The the tech games? Yeah, he was nailing threes and stuff. We just haven't run plays to get him open. And he's a guy, a freshman like that, who, who's not a—he's not a dominating player yet. He's still kind of hesitant out there, and he's trying to feel his way into to finding some sort of groove and some sort of rhythm out there, and trying to find where he fits in. You've got to help the guy out, give him some easy opportunities to get some buckets, and trying to try to develop some confidence. Because this is a guy—if we have any remote possible chance to sneak into the tournament. This is a guy that that is going to have to pick up his game offensively because we have no one else outside of Yante Maiden. We have no one else consistently to score for us. Our guard play, as we've detailed, is debilitatingly terrible right now. Like you know, like last year we were talking. Last year we had Yante and we had JJ, right? So we had two scores. And we're talking about well, who's going to step up and be that third score. At, at times it was Jawan Parker, but at times it was like nobody. But the problem this year, this is how bad it's gotten offensively this year. The problem this year is we're not talking about who's going to step up and be that third score. We are literally talking about who's going to step up and be that second score. I mean, that's crazy at this point in the season, beyond the halfway mark in the season, that we don't even know who is the second counterpart, the, the counterpart, the second score behind Yante Mayton, because we don't really have many options there. Because it, it's not like it's like one night it's this guy, one night it's that guy. It's like, no, it's every night it's nobody. 
Like it's it's pretty much Yante offensively. Because I mean, I, I, I mean, let's talk about Turtle Jackson for a second. What's your assessment of him? Okay, this is a, this is a guy who's a junior. He's biding his time. Now he's taking over the lead guard position. What are you seeing from him? Uh, no development. I mean, in all honesty, he 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 won't drive the ball. He can't. He doesn't drive. He doesn't. Point guards, yeah, point guards score sometimes. But a, a, you know, the main thing that they do is run the offense, get people open, pass them open, find people. You know, get them the ball when they're open. He doesn't do that. He doesn't get anyone open. He doesn't create shots for anyone. He doesn't. He just sits around there and dribbles and expects other people to get open. When a point guard's job is usually to run the offense and try to get people open. I do think that I, I, I see everything you're saying. I, I see that too. I, I also want to ask you though, how much culpability does Mark Fox as the coach have in that? I do because um, you know the last couple of years, especially last year, he, did, he I mean he just does he for uh, for a majority of the time he doesn't develop young players. <sighs> See, I go back and forth now. I think there well, are. I, mean, I, I think Turtle he's tried to give him chance, but at the same time, I just don't, especially his freshman year. Freshman year is really important to a lot of these kids, and until now he didn't really play many freshmen, and that was where you saw a lot of jump as freshman sophomore year, but these kids never saw that jump because they never got the experience they needed. There are I see I go back and forth with Fox on this. I mean, because, you, see, you see it with Jordan Harris. I mean the No, I, I yeah, he's he's he regressed. He's regressed. Yeah, you would expect him to come out and have a better year. He does. He, he. I mean, I can't count the number of times he has a shot, but he won't take it. And then when he wants to take it, it's too late. Like these guys are afraid to just go up and shoot the ball. I, and he, he, like you said, he's regressing. That's what I'm saying. These kids are not developing. But what I guess what I'm trying to say is, I, I, I see that you're exactly right. There are guys that are regressing that don't that make no development. They, they do not improve. Go back to Charles Mann. Charles Mann, his best year was his freshman year. Every year after that, he got worse. Every year he got worse. Uh, Kenny Gaines, uh, I guess from his freshman to sophomore year, he made a pretty big jump. But from his sophomore year to his junior year, from junior to senior year, there was very little progress. He was a spot-up three-point shooter and a good defender. That's pretty much, despite all of his athleticism, those kind of guys, they just didn't really progress all that much in the career. But there's guys like like J.J. Frazier, who came in as a guy that was under-recruited, that nobody paid attention to. Fox, signs, uh, Fox gets him, signs him, and he develops to be the guy he was for us for, for four years. In all honesty, I feel like they do that in spite of Coach Fox. I mean, maybe. Uh, and JJ, I mean, you didn't. We didn't know much about JJ until all of a sudden he comes. He comes on the scene that thirty-seven point game against Mississippi State. Yeah. I mean, other than that, he had, no one, no one knew. Oh, yeah, I mean that's, that's fair. I just I, I had to feel like the coaching had, and maybe it's not just Fox, it's also assistant coaches, but th- right, there was development there. JJ and some of these people are the you know the special ones, but in general, his track record shows that he doesn't develop them. You'll have the. You'll have I, I think I mean I, I see it both ways. I, I see a lot of guys that don't develop. And I see some guys that do. I see Yantes develop from his freshman year. I see Nimi Jurisic develop from his freshman year to, to what he was his final year. I mean, so I see both sides. I see there's definitely a bunch of guys. You're right. One thing though is, especially out of need. I mean, Yante when he when he started when we had him starting to take over, we literally had no one. Yeah, and and, well, I guess Marcus Thornton's another guy who like. Yeah, but Thornton left after his freshman year. Who did? Uh, Thornton. No, Thornton was gone. When Yante no, I, 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 yeah, no. He after 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 Yante's freshman year, I'm saying Thornton is another guy through his career. Where the first couple of years of Thornton's career, I was like, dude, I'm done with this guy. Like he's terrible. But then he got a lot better as he went to his junior, especially his senior year. He kind of exploded. So there's development there. But you're right. There's a lot of guys that haven't developed. So well, I, I'll say this: I think he develops down low guys decently, but guard play is where you don't see development. Okay, that's that's very fair. JJ's the only exception there. Outside of that, you're exactly right. I, I haven't seen much development in the guards whatsoever since he's been here. Uh, and maybe you say KCP, but KCP is, I mean, clearly, I mean, probably the most talented player that we've had here yeah, in mean, the Mark that, Fox that era. Just, yeah, he, yeah, I mean, I mean he's that's putting big numbers in the NBA. I mean, that's yeah. who he is. Yeah, so I, it's frustrating for me. Um, but 
like if you look at Turtle Jackson, this is a guy that we were relying on. Yes, he's a point guard. Sometimes point guards aren't supposed to score. But like you look at look at Trey Young at Oklahoma. Uh, I think point guards can score. I mean, the the idea, the old school conception of a point guard that's just kind of a facilitator. I I don't know if that's exactly relevant anymore. I guess those guys exist. But you got Steph Curry doing what he's doing the NBA. Point guards are they can score now. We're moving to more like positionless basketball. Yeah, like, but even even if you score. You draw people. See, I mean, let's say our guys don't even have a threat enough to score. Yeah, that's where, yeah. where they, they don't, or they're not, don't fear them. Where in that system, they fear them so much that they try to stop those guys, which opens up down low, creates lanes and stuff. They, we have no lanes because it's just a, a log jam because we, we, we're teams pretty much say, shoot a three. We dare you to beat us. That Absolutely. Way. And that's, and that's what I'm saying about Turtle Jackson here is that you, it's, some people, I guess, you could say, well, his job is not to score. You can't, you can't fault him for not scoring. Like, well, we—he has to score. He is our lead guard right now. And over the past eight games, this is how bad Terrell Jackson's been in conference play. And over the last eight games, he's averaging now six and a half points a game in like 32 percent field goal percentage over the past eight games. That is not going to get it done. I'm sorry, it's just not going to get it done. I mean, if you look at look at his game logs here, okay, going back to, to the Tech game, he had nine points against Tech, ten points against Temple, five against Kentucky, three against Ole Miss, one against Alabama, ten against Missouri, nine against South Carolina, five against LSU. This is our lead guard. This is what we're talking about. No guard play. The most is all right. I can I can give you a break if you're if you're try if you're you know it's an open shot and it just doesn't go down. But he is taking terrible shots. Yeah, I think he, he does. He does. Like last night, there was an easy layup, and he literally misses it. He tried. It was a bunny, and he's just. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't even taking, know. He's taking, he's taking terrible shots and then missing the easy. I saw Fox that, just kind of shake his head after that too. His yeah, shot selection is just not there. I honestly think it's gotten to his head. I really do. At this point, I think it's gotten to his head because early in the season, like he was a legit score. He was. It was kind of like he's okay. Playing with no confidence, no swagger. It, but yeah, he, right now he is. The early season, though, he was playing. Like you could say, okay, now he's waited his turn. Now he's going to be that guy. You know, against against in the, the Thanksgiving tournament, Cal State Fullerton, sixteen points at San Diego State, seventeen at Saint, against Saint Mary's, fifteen uh, against UMass, against Winthrop, fourteen points. You know, there was a stretch there, one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row where he scored double digits in the non-conference slate, and that's that's what we need for him to score. You know, between eleven to sixteen, seventeen kind of points there. If we got that from Terrell Jackson, this is absolutely a potential tournament team. But we're just not getting that from him. And we have no one at the shooting guard position, the two-guard position, to offset that. I mean, we were starting a Torian Willridge at the two-guard for how many games? I don't know how many no, games in a row. I don't, and I, you know, I, I don't even know how Fox can justify that because the guy would literally play two minutes and not play the rest of the game. You're so wasting two minutes. You're playing four on five for two minutes to start the game. Yeah. I, Why I, do I it? Why do it? He doesn't play. The, like, literally, he would start him and he would not play the rest of the game. It's just like why? Why are you going to go ahead and waste two minutes of playing four on five basketball? It just I, I can't I can't defend that. I really can't. And, I, and Fox is a guy that I've defended throughout his career up until really last year. I really have some serious doubts last year. But some of these things, I mean, the personnel decisions, I just man, I don't know. I, I I just don't know. What what do you do with the two guard position though? What what is your solution there? Because I just don't know where we go from here. Um, you know, I we got to. We do have to figure it out, but I, I think one thing though, one thing that really frustrates me is his his one thing that's always gotten with it is his lineups. He'll put people out there with no scores. You have you'll have you'll have Hightower out there, then you'll have Mike Edwards, um, um, Obey and people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. one that creates shots. Yeah. Well, I, I, here's the thing: I don't. How many guards do we have that actually like can Clarkson create shots? Say it again. Seems like Claxton's in the doghouse now. 
Well, I mean, Edwards isn't in the doghouse for four or five games where he was hardly playing and Claxton's well, getting those minutes. Deserves, he rightfully deserves it. I mean, sometimes it's I true. feel like he's just a waste of space out there. Well, he's just clumsy, man. Like, he's just – he's a big dude, big – and he looks athletic, but, like, he's he's just clumsy. He has no IQ. He has no basketball He has IQ. no basketball IQ. He, he's kind of I, – I get the only word I can really use for him it, to describe him is just clumsy. He's a big, clumsy dude out there on the court. And you, how athletic, how high you might be able to jump and how physical you might look out there. Because, I mean, he looks the part physically. You know, you look at him, it's like, dude, this guy could probably play. And I guess he's flashed it, like, I don't know, occasionally, but nothing close to consistent. So he was in the doghouse for four or five games. and like literally hard, like maybe getting a minute a game, and Claxton was stealing those minutes. Well, now Claxton's in the doghouse. Or, or, I don't know if he's in the doghouse, but maybe he's not performing in practice. I don't know what it is, and he's not getting minutes. I mean, what did he play, like, four or five minutes last night? I have to pull up the numbers here. What did he play Who last who? night? Which one? Claxton. Maybe he. I didn't even see him in the first half. He, he he knocked on. He 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 had a put back dunk. He played four minutes. Edwards played eight. So I don't know, man. It's just um, it's frustrating right now. And I honestly don't know where we go from here at the two guard position. I really don't. Because look at the candidates here. You got Jordan Harris. Do you trust him at the two guard? No, the guy can't handle the ball. And this is the guy that we thought was. And he's another guy that's just athletic, kind of like Edwards, very athletic, but clumsy. He, you're right, he cannot handle the ball. He has no handles, and when he tries to put the ball on the floor and take it to the rim, he has no idea what he's doing. He has no plan. How many charges has this guy gotten this year? Not only that, but turnover-wise, that's what kills yeah, charge. I mean, charges, turnover, I mean, just, it's unbelievable. And I mean, listen, the first, he didn't play in the first two games. Over the course of the first five games this season, he played, he played a combined uh, 15, no, a combined 16 minutes over the first five games of the year. Uh, the first time he got uh, 20 plus minutes was against UMass. He played 25 minutes and put up zero points in 25 minutes on 0 of 7 shooting and a loss at UMass. Uh, against Tech, he played, he got 8 points in 13 minutes. So he looked solid there. Temple gets another 8 points in 25 minutes. It'll give us a little, uh, a little bump there. And then Kentucky, two points in 21 minutes. Ole Miss is his best game of the year by far. Played 28 minutes, five or six from the field, 12 points. But then after that, he's followed up with five points, zero points, three points, five points. I, I, he's not okay, the like answer. Like I said earlier, he gets shots. He just won't take them. And he, when he, and now he knocked a couple threes down against Ole Miss. He hit, he was but two or three in that game. Open, honestly. He was wide open in those games, but he doesn't, if you look at his shot, it's an ugly looking shot. He's a, he's a lefty and he kind of pushes Very the ball. Slow. It's, very it, it, yeah, very slow release. It's kind of that quick release. And it's kind of like a line drive laser with no arc on it whatsoever. So either it goes in or it, it clanks. Or it's an, it's, for him, it's either, it, it either goes in or it's an absolute brick. Like there's no middle ground with him shooting the ball. And this is a guy that played a lot last year. And I, I was hopeful that he that his game would progress. It seemed like he was in the doghouse early in the season. I mean, God, look at, look at go back to look at his game log here. God, the first part of the season, like, that's, I think Fox was trying to make a point with him, but I think it was probably his detriment, to the team's detriment, because he did not get into a rhythm. rhythm. He has seven points in the first, his, in the third game of the year, zero, 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 zero. After the third game of the year, which is his first game action, he did not score again uh, until the Georgia Tech game on December 19th. And it's just, he hasn't gotten any sort of rhythm, and I don't know if he ever will be able to get in any sort of rhythm. So I don't know if he's the answer. I was hopeful he might be one of those answers, but it doesn't look like it. What about the the unicorn out there? The guy that, that doesn't I'm not sure he actually even exists anymore. Have you heard of a guy named Tyree Crump? Is is this guy real? Is he a real person? Uh I, you know, the thing that gets me is he has the shortest leash for him of anyone. Of anybody. I think he hates him. Honestly, I think Fox hates him. I do. I that's really, the only that's I, the only explanation that there can be for that. I mean, 
yeah, he has the shortest leash. He makes one mistake, he's out, and he won't play the rest of the game. He, and, and, and I guess in Fox's defense, when Crump gets in, he does take some questionable shots. He does. Uh, and that that's that's my thing. It's like okay, he, the reason he I think one of the reasons he takes some of those bad shots when he does get a sliver of playing time is because he wants to try to do something when he's out there to earn more playing time. So he tries to press like you, like you said, and, and that sometimes leads him taking some questionable shots. Now sometimes those questionable shots go in because what he does essentially he he's a pure three point shooter. He'll just rise up over anybody. And sometimes it's early in the shot clock, and you're like, oh, we probably could have gotten a better shot than that. But he's eager to do something to earn himself some more playing time so he can stay on the court and kind of get in Fox's good graces. And then by taking those bad shots, when they don't go in, well, Fox will just pull. I mean, literally, last night, against against uh, he took two shots against LSU, and immediately after the second shot, he was pulled out, and we never saw him again. Never saw him again. Now, he turns the ball over a lot, too. Uh, he's, him, him and Harris both, they turn the ball over a lot. Crump takes some questionable shots. I get that. His defense, it's not great. Uh, it's not. But... He's the one guy on our team that has the ability to consistently threaten teams from three. Am I am I off base saying that? Yeah. No, no, no. You agree? Base. Yeah. And see, and to me, that's that's my issue with him not playing. I know we have to give up something defensively. We have to sacrifice a little bit defensively. But to me, it's worth it because the rest of the team is so good defensively. Like, we play as bad as we are offensively. We play really good defense. And I'll, I'll get to some of the numbers here in a second. Like, we're, top, we're a top ten defense nationally. Uh, in college basketball right now. So I'm okay with sacrificing a little bit of defense there for a guy that can legitimately threaten teams from, from distance because we have got to find a way to spread the floor and clear out the paint, clear some space for Yante and Obede inside because if not, those guys, we just we have no chance to make the tournament. If we don't find a way to get some production from the guard position, and I, maybe Crump's not the answer. I don't know. He takes some bad shots. He does. He does turn the ball over. He has a high turnover rate. I get that. But he's the one guy that can legitimately knock shots down consistently from distance. He can do it. And he's not going to – and the, the thing is, he does have some deficiencies. But you don't get any better at cleaning up those deficiencies unless you get playing time, right? Yeah. I mean, how can Fox expect him to get better defensively? I guess you can say, well, practice. But it's not the same thing. It's a game. You've got to get game time for him to improve on those things, to be in those situations. And I'll say, like, he – watching him the past couple of games where he has gotten in for, like, you know, two or three minutes here or there – He's picked it up defensively. The effort's there. He's trying. Now he's he's undersized to a degree, but again, he gives us something offensively that no one else that we're putting out there at the two guard, even the the the, the point guard position, can give us. He he can give us that, and I just I don't understand why he's not playing more. I, I, it's got there's got to be something there where he's in the fox doghouse, and uh, they have fox has the information. He knows what's going on there. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But to me, when you look at this team and how much we're struggling offensively and the fact that we have our, by far, not even close, our best shooter sitting on the bench every single game without hardly getting on the court at all, there's got to be some more to that story. And I don't know what, this, what it is, but there's got to be something more there. It has to be. It's just, it makes no sense when we're this bad offensively and you have your best shooter just sitting on the bench game in and game out. Now, going back to my original question here, is this a tournament team? I'm with you right now. I, I say right now, no. The way the way we've been playing, even though we got the win last night, like man, that was that was hardly an inspiring win. Sixty-one sixty on the road. It was a nice road win, but it's hardly inspiring. It, it, it didn't really lead us to think there's going to be better days ahead the rest of the season. But I will say there's one thing that will give us a chance every game, and that is how we play defense. Uh, if you look at us, like I said, we're a top ten, a top ten defense in college basketball right now. We're seventh nationally in field goal percentage defense, I and mean, we're holding our opponents to, to an average of thirty seven percent from the field. 
and then we're 10th nationally in three-point field goal percentage, holding opponents to an average of 30% from, from distance. So we play defense. It's, it, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's a tale of two, of two different worlds here. We are horrific offensively, but we're really, really good defensively. And that at least gives me I, a, enough hope to say there's more than a 0% chance. Because as of last week, Joe Lenardi had us in uh, as uh, as, as an 11 seed as a play-in game. It was one of his, his last four in. Now, after obviously losing at Missouri, losing to South Carolina, knocked us into the, the next four out. Getting the win against LSU on the road uh, definitely puts us closer there. We're still a top 50-ish team in the RPI. So it's not all... The remaining schedule. Exactly. That was my next point. Like, we're right now, well, we kind of just barely skated by. Now, we've, we've played Kentucky once. We put up, a, put up a fair fight on the road in Lexington, 66-61, lost that game. But then we, we beat Ole Miss at home. We destroyed Alabama at home. We lost at Missouri. We, beat, we lost South Carolina at home, and then we just beat LSU. I didn't mention Florida in that equation. Uh, I didn't, and the Texas A&M I know is not playing well right now. I didn't, but I didn't mention Texas A&M. Tennessee is a really good basketball team. I didn't mention Tennessee. I didn't mention Auburn, who, God, I, I like oddly somehow is basically a top fifteen team right now. We got to go the, in, in, into Auburn on Saturday, so we have, and we got to play them twice. So we haven't played any of those teams. We got to play Florida twice. Got to play Auburn twice. Got to play twenty. Got to play Tennessee twice. That six games right there against teams that have been ranked in the top 25 for most of the season. The Florida's outside the top 25 right now, but they were a top 10 team. People were talking national championship early in the season until they lost to Duke in the Champions Classic and kind of fell off the face of the earth from there. But that's six games against, I mean, legitimately top 25 caliber teams, right? Yeah. And that's whew, that's rough. That's rough. So, I mean, if we're struggling with the schedule we've had thus far in the conference, it, it only gets tougher from here. And that, that does give me a lot of concern. But I, I will say... I. I would put it. I would put our chances of making the tournament at more than zero. Not much more than zero. Right now, probably like, I don't know. I would say a twenty percent chance, just because we do play really good defense. And I, I, I don't really have any hope for us figuring it out offensively. I just, I don't know. Because I, I honestly, outside of playing Crump, which Fox just clearly is not going to do, I don't know what we're going to do. Because we have the guys that we have right now in the backcourt, and they just they're not getting it done. And I, I don't know if they've given us any reason to think that they're going to start all of a sudden getting it done. So twenty percent, I would say, is are the odds right now getting the tournament, and that's that's kind of pushing it. That's that's me with my my wishful, optimistic thinking here. All right, let's get into for a few minutes here, Kurt. Let's let's talk about this LSU game. We mentioned it briefly. Let's get into a little bit more here. Uh, looking at some of those stats, like we did not play particularly good defense against LSU. We we really did not. I think it was like forty three percent from the field is what they shot. When we're holding teams to thirty seven percent. On the year, um, we shot. I think actually, I think we shot like forty three percent. They shot forty five percent. How did we end up winning that game? Because it looked like we were about to get run out of the building as the first half kept progressing. Uh, there. More or less, Yante just finally set, just had enough of it and took over. Yeah, he he was struggling early. I mean, he scored nineteen in the second half. I mean, that's almost more than our whole team put up in the first half. Yeah, he 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 was dominant in the second half. I mean, he he was a man. It wasn't just. Him scoring, which, which clearly was was the difference in the game, but the dude was playing like a like a maniac, man. He was fighting for rebounds off free throw, off missed free throws. He was throwing balls off guys. I mean, he was absolutely playing with his hair on fire. And he, he you could you could see the desire to win in his face, and in the way he was playing, the way he was hustling, the effort he was giving out there. And when you have your 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 best player playing like that and giving the effort when things don't look so hot on the court, and we were on, in the middle of a three game losing streak. 
that's that's the kind of thing that could potentially spark a team. Uh, getting a road win like that, so I I don't know if it will, but it, it potentially could. But if you look at the 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 box score, it's it's hard to imagine how he won this game. I, I mean, I obviously we only won it by one point. But they shot they shot forty three point four percent. We shot forty three point six percent. Uh, they shot thirty three percent from three. We shot twenty five percent. They shot seventy percent from the line. We shot fifty six percent. Now we did out rebound them. We got killed on the board, especially in the first half against South Carolina. They got way too many second chance points against us. We limited that against LSU. We were bigger than them, and we we kind of exerted our will on the boards there. We out out rebound them thirty eight to twenty seven uh, on the offensive boards. This was a huge difference. We we out rebound them on the offensive boards thirteen to six there uh we didn't turn the ball over a ton that's also been another one of our bugaboos all year long just massive turnovers but turn the ball over 10 times which is still 10 times is still too many but compared to when we've had like 17 18 turnover games you know that's that that's progress there so it was it was a tight game throughout at the end of the day i think we just had the best player in the court yante maiden and that's why we ended up winning that basketball game I, i really think it comes down to that Obede kind of kept us in early when when Yante was struggling. He had some he had about eight or nine points there early in the game, but uh, Yante he just made a ton of winning plays. He really did. That's that's the key to that game. Uh, I, I do want to give Mark Fox some credit here, right? I know that he gets killed a lot, and I think he's he's done a lot to deserve that over the past year and a half or so. But there were two possessions late in that game where we had design plays that Fox was able to set up that were that were just that were incredible. Uh, there was a, there was one play with a minute seventeen seconds left. That, that you remember Parker hit that three from the top of the key. Uh, yeah, and that, and that was Fox, Fox designed that play, and it was it was beautiful. I mean, it was it was kind of a long drawn out play, but essentially what he did is we were in a lot of flex cuts down low to kind of get our, our low post guys free down low, give some easy looks. So we had Parker kind of run a, a, a fake flex cut screen for Yante, and then he leaked out for three. And no, honestly, nobody's expecting us to call a design three point shot for Joan Parker there because. Juwan Parker is not a good three-point shooter at all, uh, but but Fox gave he, he kind of put he put the the ball in his hands. Parker delivered, knocked the three down, and then the go-ahead possession with under 15 seconds left. We basically clear out the weak side. We let Yante operate down low, and then he comes through because he's just I think he was the best player in the court last night. There's no doubt about it. And so I want to give Fox some credit there for designing two really good plays. Now, unfortunately, the rest of the game offensively, I had no idea what we were trying to do, and that's just about every single game. I just there's no ball reversals. We don't make the defense move. Um, it's just nothing comes easy on the offensive end. I think a large part of that just is the scheme that we run offensively. Just we try to make things difficult. I mean, how many seriously? How many times have you seen throughout the year where the 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 shot clock's ticking down three, two, one, and we take some fall away, fade away shot? You know, too many times. Uh, yeah, it's like okay. Well, if you're if you're working the clock like that, if you want to work the clock. That should be because you're trying to get a good shot and have a good possession. When you when the clock's fade, is ticking down like that, there's no reason we. When you're working it for 30 seconds, why are we taking fadeaway shots at the end of the buzzer? Why are we doing that? Fadeaway prayers. It just makes no sense whatsoever. I, I just I don't understand it at all. But um, the, one of the other things that kind of came out of this game was the starting lineup change. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. We went with two point guards essentially. Uh, with Hightower, it looks like for the most part he was pretty much running the point, and then you had Turtle at the off guard position there at the two, Joan Parker at three, Obede and Yante, uh, man in the post. Uh, do you see that as a long term fix potentially for this team offensively? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I mean maybe we just got to try something new. I mean, we had to. I'll give Fox credit for that. We had to. I mean, we we simply could not continue to do what we were doing. 
So I'll give him credit. I was I figured we'd have a different lineup. I didn't know what it would look like at first. Like I say, when that lineup came out, I kind of was kind of chuckling to myself, like, "Oh my god, this is the best we're coming up with." But hey, it it worked, I guess. Kind. Of. I mean, we won the game. I don't know if that lineup's going to work consistently the rest of the season. Because right now, Hightower is just not. He doesn't. He doesn't solve our problem. He. he I think long term, Hightower has a lot of potential. But he's he's long, he's athletic. But he, right now he doesn't solve our problem. He does not stretch defenses. He does not give us anything on the perimeter. He's not a good shooter. He knocked down one three last. Night. I think he was one of six from three though. Uh, he, he can't shoot. For, so when he, and he does a pretty, good, he does a good job of getting to the rim. Uh, but the problem is when he gets to the rim, and gets fouled. He can't make free throws. I think it was like eleven of eleven of twenty seven on the year, something crazy like that. It's ridiculous. So I don't know if he really solves our problem long term. But maybe it's the best option we have right now because. Bottom line is we're just in a bad spot with the guards right now. We just we really are. So and we'll see how it plays out. I guess he'll probably stick with it until it doesn't work, and then I guess we'll operate from there. But it's just kind of hard to believe we're at this point in the conference schedule, and we still don't have a set lineup. Like it's it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. So last thing to wrap it up here, Kurt. This I, I said this is a pretty big win for this team. I know it's a close, hard fought battle. Only only one by one point here, but. How big of a win was this? Am I over? Am I overselling this win? Um, we'll see next game. It may have stopped the bleeding we were doing, but we won't know till the next game, really. Yeah, for me, you're you're exactly right. This game, like, if we go out and lose the next two or three in a row, it's not going to matter. It's it's just not going to matter at all. Uh, but what I guess what I can say right now in the moment is that it this, winning this game allows us to keep our head above water. It allows us to keep our head above water while we continue to try to. Th- to kind of work out the kinks and figure something out offensively. I don't know if we ever will figure something out offensively. Change all we probably won't. But this game at least allows us to keep our heads above water. Because you know, going if we would have started out two and four in the league with with the schedule that we have ahead of us down the road, I would be with you. I'm saying there's probably a zero percent chance we'd make that tournament. But even though this is just one win, this is another team that we're gonna be. You know, the SEC is, is a much improved conference this year. Probably getting around seven to eight teams in right now. We are on the bubble there. LSU is on the bubble with us. So. Getting this road win uh, against LSU, a team that we might be fighting with on the bubble in conference down the stretch, uh, a team that we also get get a chance to play at home again. We have a potential to sweep them. That could be huge for us trying to sneak in maybe the last spot or two that the SEC might get in this NCAA tournament. So I think it could be a big win, but you're right. It matters what we do over these next couple games. But for now, it allows us to kind of keep our head above water, give us a chance to continue to try to figure out how we're going to manage this offense and kind of work out the kinks a little bit. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us here today on the show. We'll be, we'll be back next week talking more basketball. We'll also have our football fix for you guys next week as well, so be looking out for that. But uh, for Curtis, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening, and as always, go dogs.